Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. So, at the weekend we had Eurovision. Not wanting to be outdone, this week Euronet Plus staged its own pan-European event, the annual and much-anticipated Euronet Plus Summit. This year we welcome Commission Executive Vice President Margrethe Vestager, whose mission it is to make Europe fit for the digital age. Our team of journalists across the EU grill her about Europe's digital and technological prospects. With the interlinked issues of war, COVID-related shortages and the energy crisis setting the political agenda in Brussels and in capitals across Europe, the European Union is particularly keen to secure its autonomy, not just in the field of fuel, but technology too. Semiconductors are the perfect example of this. They are the platform technology of the 21st century, an essential component of microchips, which are used in almost all electronic devices today. They therefore underpin a wide range of critical technologies, ranging from medical devices to defence systems. Faced with a global shortage of semiconductors, caused in large part by the COVID-19 pandemic, in February this year, the European Commission issued a CHIPS Act to keep the EU in the game. The aim is for Europe to double its current market share from 9% to 20% by 2030. The irony, though, is that this target is nothing new and has so far not been achieved. So what is different now? Vestager explains. The paradox is that already in 2014, the then Commission set out to say, well, Europe needs to produce at least 20% of value. Nothing happened back in those days. So why do we think that things can happen now? Well, first and foremost, because we see the urgency to a completely different uh, level because of the geopolitics. And the war only makes that much more obvious. And the second reason why we think it will happen this time is that we have specific projects on ground. It's a matter of urgency to establish ourselves with new long-term supply of uh, the necessary raw materials. To add insult to injury, the global chip supply, already stretched to its limit, has been even more adversely affected since the war began in Ukraine. This is because Ukraine is a major supplier of an essential component, neon gas. How does this affect the EU's strategy? Asks Michal from Polsky Radio. The Commission's Executive Vice President insists that there are other potential sources out there and that Brussels is working on a sustainable framework for collaboration with third countries. And here it's important for us to work with the US and to create sort of a coalition of countries who can provide because we see that Canada, that Australia, Norway for other materials, well, they say we're more than happy to chip in here, but we need a long-term perspective. If you can make a framework so that businesses can engage for the long-term, then we will invest so much more. So that work is ongoing right now. Indeed, the next step for the Trade and Technology Council is to set up some spin-off networks to establish raw material coalitions. While Vestager acknowledges that bringing together different national interests can be difficult, even within the Union's borders, she believes that it should be possible to work with a handful of selected external partners without compromising on our principles. The strength comes from us working together. That is always the main challenge in Europe. And then, of course, to reach out to friends. We want to work with everyone that wants to work with us, but we want to do that on a European footing. 
In another of her fields of responsibility, Vestager assures us that the Commission is taking concrete strides towards its goal of creating a so-called digital single market. One aspect of this is promoting the use of e-signatures and cloud services, with a view not only to helping to improve data security, but also to enabling companies to do business anywhere in the single market. One particularly interesting observation the Commissioner makes is that, while the war in Ukraine has complicated many elements of the EU's short- and medium-term plans, it may actually have provided a good example for us to follow in this area. Paradoxically, also here we learn a lot from the war in Ukraine, because within, I think, a week or 10 days, they managed to move their entire government administration into the cloud. So I think 16 out of 17 ministries, they are now fully functioning because they have their data in the cloud and that is administered outside of Ukraine to make sure that the data is safe. And I think it's a really good example of the security that comes from having your data in the cloud. And I think that is the kind of thing that we need to get used to, that it's not sort of the physical nearness of your data that is essential. It is being able to access it and knowing that the way it's stored is absolutely secure. Since the war has shown us that it is possible to act quickly when the need arises, Claudia, a journalist at AMS in Germany, wonders why Europe is still struggling to become a real competitor to the Asian and American providers. Right now, notes the EU's digital chief, the greatest barrier to European digitalization is a lack of digital skills, even at the most basic level in certain segments of the population. Upskilling citizens is therefore a key priority for every member state. And, she cautions, no one can consider themselves exempt. Well, the thing is that if you are 70 today, you may live another 20 years. And if you look back at what did digitalization has happened over the last 20 years, you realize that you cannot just say, no, I've retired, I have the right to just enjoy, I should do nothing else, I should, you know, tend my garden and my grandchildren, this is what I would do. No, you still need to be part of this in order not to feel that you're left out of society. And this is why I think it's really important, you know, to set up points of contact where there are real people who understand your situation and can help you and guide you. So you learn a bit every time, but you also are enabled to take care of your business, to register as, as a voter, to get your e-description, to tend for, for your data. Given that digitalization is an inevitability and affects every European citizen, the Brussels executive has set out to ensure that those citizens are protected in the process. The recently approved Big Tech Rules, Digital Services Act and Digital Markets Act have several goals. One is to give small businesses a fair chance of making it when they go digital, thereby giving us more choice as consumers. Another is to ensure that we have faith that the businesses we buy from are reputable, trustworthy and pay their taxes. And last but not least, they aim to guarantee the safety of online services. The EU was a front-runner in this area and initially struggled to get the US on board. But it appears that things are looking up. When I started in the job as Commissioner for Competition seven-ish years ago and opened the first Google case, when I travelled to the US I had this feeling, they say, what's that woman doing? Crazy stuff. Now that has changed so much. You know, there is an alignment of thought that something needs to be done. There are quite a number of proposals tabled in the US Congress. 
So when we talk about digital matters, for instance, in the Trade and Technology Council, I see much more alignment than you would have expected just two years ago. So I think we are on the same page and of course also helped by the fact that the Japanese, the South Koreans, the Canadians, the Australians, they very much see things the same way as we would do in Europe. But talking of Google, does Europe really stand a chance of competing with such big global players? asks Gigi from Italy's Radio 24. In response, Vestager suggests that we should actually be concentrating our efforts on a slightly different area. We are starting a new chapter of digitization, where everything digitalizes. So transport, energy, agriculture, everything we know of. And that means that sort of the business-to-business -business digitization becomes part of the driver. So the first chapter, you know, business-to-consumers, e-commerce, social media, newsfeed, what have you. The next phase is much more business to business. And here, because of our preparation, because, but also because of European strongholds, a very vibrant industrial community, we have actually a real chance of making it here. And that is the main focus. I think it's the priority to make the business to business digitization work, rather than to see if we should have a competitor to Facebook. So, there is a great deal of work still to be done in all these areas. But right now, a lot of our attention is, quite rightly, focused on Ukraine. Margreta Vestager is clear that as a bloc we must do everything we can to help our embattled neighbour. But, at the same time, we cannot allow ourselves to lose sight of our long-standing goals. It's really important that we push on, to some degree actually accelerate. Accelerate the green transition in order to be independent from fossil fuels, in particular from Russia, that we accelerate on digital to get the independence that comes from being able to do things on our own and to work closer with friends or friendlier territories to get sort of that stronger geopolitical position. Tune in again next week for another journey around the Euronet Plus network.